Hey, everybody. Welcome to a very special podcast uh, sponsored by Joel Warner, one of our subbable subscribers. We're going to be covering some of the episodes of Metalocalypse today. Uh, do you want to tell people a little about that? Maybe shout out to Joel, Aaron? Sure. Thanks, Joel, for uh, commissioning this podcast series. People might be wondering what the hell is going on here. Well, uh, when we, we have a Subbable account, subbable.com slash baldmove, and you can go there and uh, subscribe to our site and give us one time or recurring infusions of cash, and you can save up the money that you spend as perk dollars and uh, cash them in for ever larger perks. Joel went to the, the pro mode. He went right to the final boss. Went for the top tier reward, which is a custom podcast. You can select mm-hmm. uh, something like a motion picture or three, you know, two or three episodes of your favorite television show. Something that we wouldn't normally cover. I wouldn't recommend doing this for a season <laughs> one Breaking Bad or Walking Dead season five or something. Or, yeah, yeah. I mean, something. I mean, I, I'm not going to stop you, <laughs> but uh, it's something for you know, if you like to hear our take. Uh, there's a couple ways you can use it. If you'd like to hear our take on something you genuinely enjoy, if you'd like to punish us by making us watch something horrific <laughs> and hear us bitch and moan about it, uh, you know you can you can do it to delight or dilute, do it to torment. Mm-hmm. We don't care. If you like more information about this top tier level, go to subbable.com slash baldmove. But thanks, thanks, Joel. You are the first one to pitch, pitch this or pick this, and uh, so this is the first custom podcast. We'll, we'll see how it yeah. turns out. He chose, and it's kind of inventive. I tell you, he had a plan. He had us executed. He actually, I think, very cleverly picked out, I think, like six episodes of Metalocalypse. So Metalocalypse, if you don't know, is a Adult Swim television show on the Cartoon Network. And like a lot of them, they're very short, like mm-hmm. 10, 11 minutes long a piece. And it's about a metal band that is inexplicably... <laughs> worldwide popular like more popular yeah. michael jordan or i'm sorry michael jackson <laughs> justin bieber and Belton. elvis combined yeah but he he actually had something clever where he picked five or six of the regular season episodes uh sprawling through season one two four and also the there was a after the last season they had a 60 minute movie mm-hmm. which we're going to do a podcast on after this one uh, but he picked a series that kind of told a narrative thread sure. about this Metalocalypse event and the major players on it. And uh, I found, even though I'd only maybe watched one or two of these episodes, it's hard to not be exposed to Adult Swim content if you're a fan. Yeah. I, I'm in the same boat. I had seen a couple uh, here and there, but they were totally random. Yeah. Uh, so having picked out the this kind of arc going through the series it really got me into it a lot more yes uh, i don't know that i would have hung with it uh, i mean i certainly would have just to do the podcast because you know he wanted us to do it for him right uh but i found myself enjoying it a little more than i expected to yeah i mean i thought it was it'd maybe be, a lot more i thought it would be funny because mm-hmm. i remember watching a time or two before and you know having some chuckles with it but I'd say, and I don't know whether he picked just the best or these particular plot lines lend themselves to that, but I busted the gut at least once an episode. <laughs> and there's just some ridiculous, over-the-top violence especially. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, this show, people violently die. 
all the time. Every episode, basically. Uh-huh. It's it's a hell of a thing. Um, would you care to get right into the recaps? Sure. As they are? Yeah. Mind so, you say what episode we're covering, and let's get into it. Yeah, the first episode, I guess a little background. The band, the main characters we're going to be talking about a lot, and it took us till three or four episodes to get everybody's name right. Mm-hmm. But the band leader is Nathan Explosion, and he's like this tall, hulking, broadly built, long, stringy black hair think, Frankenstein. Think like typo negative lead singer. Okay, you're better at this because that's the thing. Are you a metalhead? I would not label myself as a metalhead, no. I mean, I've <laughs> I've enjoyed as a teenager uh, Metallica and sure. Megadeth. Love it. I think that most real serious metal fans would consider that the Diet Coke of metal. Yeah, absolutely, and that's why I don't consider myself a metalhead. I feel like if you're a real metalhead, you've got not just that you like metal, you've probably got a specific type, like yeah. speed or thrash or death or gloom uh, or whatever. And I'm not to that stage. Like, I've got a buddy who's way into it. Mad Brew, actually, is way into it as well. And they've got their just particular flavors. Um, but I don't know. The kind of death metal that they are uh, proffering on this show is more melodic than some that I've heard, which I enjoy. Right. Like, if it was just thrash metal, I couldn't do it. But it's super fast paced. Yes. Like, the, the drum and the guitar is fast, and Nathan's got the whole... You know, the, the diamond of art going. But if you think singing. like Dragonstorm, that's or not not Dragonstorm. Uh, that's a a combo in Magic. What's the other one? Beast uh, the dra- fuck out Dragon of me. Force. Uh, Those guys are crazy fast players, but they're also very melodic. Okay, yeah. So that's kind of what they have here. So I guess you'd call him the front man. Okay. And definitely one of the founding members of the band. Then you yep. got the uh, Squizgard. Who's your stereotypical blonde, lanky, Swedish death metal guitarist? Sure. He doesn't have a lot going on physically other than his blonde hair to differentiate him. Right. In fact, um, but Toki and Pickles and Squizgard <laughs> seem to be the same people with three yeah. different hair colors. Sure. And some piercings and stuff like that. Right. But they all have the sign. They, they speak in like this broken English, kind of like a. Uh, um, a Teutonic Boomhauer from King of the Hill. <laughs> yeah, so it makes me wonder if this is not supposed to be Swedish death metal because that's traditionally more melodic, sure. and we've got one guy who maybe talks like he might be Swedish. Right. Um, but like, it's Mur- hard to say. Nathan and Murderface don't sound that. They sound no. American. Yeah, yeah. Bring, so Murderface, the other guy, is very distinctive. He is... I don't know how you describe him. He's got like an Afro... Mullet? I I wouldn't call it a mullet, no, because it's short all over. But it's like it's a very shaped red afro. All right, imagine a Death Star gunner. Mm-hmm. Their helmet, only okay. its hair. Yeah, that's his. It's frizzy white boy afro hair, but it's in that shape. Yep. Okay. Um, and then you're on the right track. He also just has a face that looks like a like a. a, a <laughs> A bulldog uh-huh. or a big, pug. It's just been pushed in. <laughs> big gap in his teeth. Big gap and... in his teeth. And he, and he talks with some kind of lisp. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and he, he's he got a massive inferiority complex. He's uh, enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Pickles, who has got a red 
um, dreadlocked comb over. Yeah. At first, I thought, did he did he shave it like that? But no, it's definitely a comb over. It's a it's a red dreadlocked comb over with long hair down, and he's got vivid green eyes. I actually think he might be one of my favorite characters. Okay. He's got. He this... talks so weird; it's hard to understand. Yeah. Him all yes. And then you've got Toki, which is. He's he's the guy that was brought on later because they had a falling out with another band member. So yeah. that's always in you know metal lore. Sure. Yeah. And uh, I, I enjoyed his relationship with Squizzguard because Squizzguard's always kind of like taking pot shots at his music uh-huh. and talking about how it's sloppy or it sounded slow or it just seemed to be like because he's the new guy. guy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the original band members are going to torment the new guy. Right. Uh, so that's the band. They also, the other um, primary character is their manager mm-hmm. slash, he might be, he's like their manager and also maybe president of the label. Maybe so. Okay. And, but his name's Charles, and he is a straight-laced, suit-wearing waspy motherfucker mm-hmm. that these guys might be the only person they actually respect. Sure. Uh, he he kind of manages everything and lets them do what they want to do. Right. Right. Within within reason. Well, like, he doesn't let them fuck up their money. Well, no, he lets them embezzle, apparently. <laughs> sure. <laughs> They've been doing that for years. Sure. Uh, so speaking of that, episode one called Murdering Outside the Box. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about the title sequence. Seizure-inducing... Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they need a seizure warning on the show, for sure. It's crazy. Like, these rapid cuts with alternating light and negative pictures mm-hmm. with, like, blood-red things and the writing. This death metal motorcycle with four sidecars. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, death metal is thoroughly ingrained in this show. I mean, even down to things like their castle being a giant dragon. Right. Um, the and, Mord House. And inside the castle the walls have dragon heads built into them there's like, like r- rivers of lava running through uh-huh. corridors it's all like coal powered <laughs> so you've got a whole bunch of people shoveling coal constantly everything is designed like it's on a a, a metal cover of a yes. of an album yeah. of like a 70s metal album mm-hmm. that's where they live that's what their cars look like that's what their stages look like everything yeah and it's just amplified to 11 one of the tropes in the show is there's this shadowy band of people, some kind of council, and it's made up of military generals and shadowy religious figures and cult leaders and heads of state, and they all give these like meetings about the latest goings on of the. Oh, we haven't mentioned the band name. It's Death Clock. Yeah, D E T H K L O K, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're always keeping tabs on what they're doing, and they give these little brief reports and have experts at various fields talk about it. And then there's some kind of attempt to subvert the band or stop them from doing something. In this episode, they mention that they have the world's 12th largest economy. Yeah. Just past, just past Belgium. And they're about to release a new album, and the council is sending this assassin, which you never really see his face because he's uh, – that's the other thing. They have a legion <laughs> of fans – that work for them that all wear these matching like executioner hoods mm-hmm. and sleeveless shirts Sla- like black turt uh they dre- actually they dress a lot like the mooks in the movie if you ever seen the mystery science theater final sacrifice <laughs> i haven't I-, I don't remember it no they they they're way bl- they're wearing black wife beaters black jeans and black i was hoods. thinking teenage mutant ninja turtles aren't there aren't like the sh- the foot 
Yeah, don't they dress almost exactly like that? Uh, they're more like Robo Ninja, I would say. Okay. But anyway, yeah. uh, they, he's sent to infiltrate this, and he happens to come upon them when they're having some employee... Uh, uh, I don't know what you call it. A seminar? An uh-huh. awareness seminar? And they're also doing a bunch of performance reviews. So they're bringing in these doom heads in. I don't know what their official name is, clockheads or whatever, one by one and giving them performance reviews. And these guys <laughs> have like blatant disregard for everyone. But it's it's I, I get the opinion that they're they're really into the fiction that they're really good managers. Oh sure. Like yeah. it's part of an ego and they're trying to one up each other about who's the best manager. So they're trying to ask like, you know, <laughs> personal questions about these guys and mm-hmm. you know what they do and murder face is really trying to one up people by asking about how their kids are doing and all that. Um, this guy wanders in and after he infiltrates the Mord house <laughs> and gets sit down and they ask him these questions and the, they, they have this raffle that the guys, even though they're the owners of the company, the band, they want to win. So they announced yeah. that the raffle is going to happen in the main auditorium, and they all get up. Uh, an important detail, I feel like uh, that Murderface is wearing a diamond-encrusted <laughs> horn-like codpiece. It's like three foot long. Think, think of a rhino horn and encrust it with, diamonds, with diamonds and, and, and make it super sharp on the end. And affix it to a man's, a, a man's uh, yeah. you know, jizz slinger. So he stands up and it splits the table. This guy's sitting up in half and pins him to the ground and knocks the gun that he had pulled underneath to like sh- shoot them. Mm-hmm. Han and, Solo style. Yeah, and they walk out to the convocation and they're passing all these employees that they've murdered. Mm-hmm. This guy's murdered to infiltrate the base. Yeah, but but it's not a thing. Like death is just part of the job here, and they say that later on. Like yeah. there's a big clown with a head saying death is part of the job right ring your death bell don't freak out just dead. keep calm and ring your death bell and we'll hilarious just yeah but but they're and they're complaining about it they're like look look at this employee oh. sleeping in his blood <laughs> it's like the, and and that's the plot yeah. line is they're trying to find an embezzler at the company too yeah so they're talking about like you know maybe this is an embezzler i think maybe my favorite part of this episode is <laughs> Where the motivational speaker trips and hangs himself on the cord. Yeah. He's, like, <laughs> he's doing this. Goes, if you've never been to a large company, a company large enough to have its own fucking retreat. Think if Steve Ballmer had done this. If Steve Ballmer was up there, developers, developers, yeah. and then all of a sudden he trips and he strangles himself on yeah, his cord. Yeah, this guy's up there screaming about, you know, get ready, get moving. He's going, and he's in a suit, and he's in his old middle-aged fuck with a bad haircut. Yeah. And he trips and he hangs himself with his mic cord. <laughs> And the crowd erupts, you know, it's like uh-huh. the greatest thing ever. Uh, so they do this raffle, and they raffle off this this number, and the guy gets up uh, to kill, to make another attempt to kill him, and a dwarf clockhead, turns out that actually is his number, and he thinks uh-huh. he's trying to steal it. He's like, back off, socks him in the nuts. <laughs> Multiple times. They get in this big, like, WWF-style extravaganza in front of the main stage. Mm-hmm. Long story short, uh, the guy ends up, the assassin ends up tripping and impaling his self, his head, <laughs> on the diamond-encrusted rhino horn, and blood just fountains like something yeah. out of Bram Stoker. Yeah, excellent. Uh, it. it turns out, it, and, and this is another trope, that when over the credits, since the episode's so incredibly compressed, they usually give out plot details. Yeah. Well, they're at a funeral pyre where they're burning the employees that died during this thing. 
one of them is the assassin, and it turns out that it's the band members that have been embezzling from the band the whole time. Yeah. So they're, I think they're going to blame it on this guy. Doesn't really matter. Sure. Uh, that's in episode one. Hmm. What's your favorite death here? Well, I think it's the codpiece death. The codpiece was more epic, but the motivational speaker was unexpectedly yeah, hilarious. Yeah, I I guess I didn't consider that so much a death because he didn't explode or anything. Right. <laughs> and so many people do in the show. But yeah, yeah, that, that's got to be my favorite. It was certainly the funniest. Oh, and yeah, I was. I remember because we were watching this together, and I was in mid like, oh, God, this, is, this guy is just like one of these cheesy motivational speakers. <laughs> And I was looking forward to, like, some subtle satire. Yeah, nope, no. <laughs> nope, nope. This false trips hangs himself. Yeah, I don't think this show is out for subtle satire. The It's it's early uh, Adult Swim. I, I think this was on fairly early. 2006. Like Aqua Teen, Hunger Force era. I think a li- post that. Like, but... slightly after that. Uh, it feels very much like Adult Swim. I know one of the guys is, like, a guy who does a lot of Adult Swim right. stuff. Um, kind of the main guy here. It, it some of the Adult Swim stuff falls really, really flat with me. Like, like there are a lot of jokes that are just either plain not funny or too random for right. me to care about. Kind of like the Family Guy syndrome. I yeah, I don't like non sequiturs very much. I like contextual humor, and that that just doesn't do it for me. Um, so there's some of that in this, but not a whole lot. Like, less than I expected, honestly. And the fact that they hang it all on this metal underpinning does give it some yeah. context. It's not like random, like, family guy random, where you just have an sure. Indiana Jones spoof in the middle of it, you know? Yeah, by the time the guy hangs himself with his mic cord, uh-huh. they've already set up the fact that people die all the time on the right. show and right. in this business. right. So I, it wasn't totally random. And yet people are all the time... I mean, they'd show, like, as this guy's infiltrated bass, they have these hooded dudes, like, hand-whittling guitars. Uh-huh. They have this one that there's, like, initiation, right, where he's getting the brand, the band's logo branded on the back of his neck. Yeah. It's a cult, mm-hmm. as well as a metal band, and 12th largest economy. Uh, episode 2, this is not actually episode 2, but this is the next one we watched, The Metalocalypse Begins, opens up with... Uh, what well, doesn't open up with it? Opens up with the guys inventing the, their next brand of merch, which is time travel face bags. <laughs> oh God! Which is this was one of those things that fell pretty flat with me. I enjoyed it. Okay, uh, just the concept. Of, it was just so colossally dumb, right? Of the characters, like I, I don't buy that these characters are that dumb. I buy that they've done enough drugs and drinking that they might. <laughs> okay. They've invented a way to travel through time at normal time speed by putting black bags on their face. That's the gag. Yeah, that is the gag, and I I just didn't find it funny. Right on. (laughs) Uh, They've also got a new album that they recorded under the ocean for the benefit of Earth's aquatic creatures, and they're refusing... They're refusing to listen to release it in stores because it's not for people. It's for it's for fish and whales Uh and denizens of the deep. And the billions of Death Clock fans are rioting and uh, and terrorizing the Earth, demanding this to be released. And Nathan Explosion comes on an interview television, and he says, I don't think this is the right thing to do artistically, but I do think this is the right thing to do financially. <laughs> Which is something that we say now at least once a business meeting in the bald, in, in the bald move. Yeah, house. we're not very good at doing financial things, though. <laughs> well, we tend I th- to do more artistic stuff we are not the the 12th largest economy we're not we're the seven billionth we're behind everyone else uh anyway 
they then introduced this metal face character, which is the brother of the impaled by the codpiece assassin man. Uh-huh. And he's called metal face because he's kind of got like a half Destro thing going on where he's got like long shaggy white hair, but the top half of his face is covered in a metal mask. Yep. And he's being drafted by the council to finish what his brother started. Anyway, I can't I, tell if it's the full council working or if it's just the general. One, yeah, the rogue general. I feel like the council's behind everything, or at least the main villainous character, the tall. I kind of have a theory about this Salaka. I think his name's Salaka. Okay. I think he might be, and again, I haven't seen the movie yet. Neither have I. We're about to. I think he might be like Nathan Explosion from the future. Hmm. Because okay. imagine Nathan Explosion. And imagine him getting another foot taller and getting older. And okay. it, it's kind of, I mean, they're, they've got, or maybe he's his father. Oh, could be, yeah. Because they're both built like these slabs of men with similar haircuts and similar facial construction. I don't know. I, I get a very Nathan Explosion vibe from this guy. Okay. Right. I could buy that. So they the band relents, and they play this big aquatic concert that's on, like, some kind of fucking glacier. It's insane. In the middle of the ocean. This this stage pops out of the ocean with uh-huh. massive stacks of amps, like the size of the Empire State Building. Yeah. And the, these giant spinning axes are going around. Like, the, the stages that they construct are so elaborate and so gigantic that no one can get close to them Mm-mm. on stage. Like They're, they're- lethal. They're lethal to the fans. <laughs> the true. music is, is yeah. lethal. They People die by the hundreds and thousands at these concerts. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and these stages can repel rocket fire because at one point, like, the nation's governments uh, launch an attack, and they have, like, F-22s dropping missiles, and the stages have these big metal shields that close. Yeah. They have escape pods that launch, which uh-huh. is the metal... Which is the metal man, metal face man's time to strike. He hunts down to the yeah. pods. The the amount of money spent on these stages is insane. Every show is approximately the budget of the Apollo program. Pretty much. I feel like. Yeah. Uh but the metal face man is going to kill the two bit and I believe it's Squizgard and Toki that he's got cornered because they're okay. uh he he winged them with a rocket. Their escape pods from the stage crash. He hunts them down, he's about to kill them, and Charles, their band manager, shows up and says, you're fucking with my bread and butter, and goes on, again, this is the suit, mild man, he's taking on this hulking beast, and holding his own in this fist fight, and this sounds ridiculous, uh-huh. but he ends up breaking the man's arm in half, with the bone sticking out, twisting that arm that's holding a knife into the man's back. Uh-huh. And then Neo kicking him. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Neo oh, yeah. kick. From the Matrix. When the he... one leg, it's high in the air. And... and then it doesn't come down until you've pivoted around. Right. You can yeah. hear the, the, the hip bone snap back into place. <laughs> sure. He, uh, yeah, he, he, Neo kicks him into the water. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and during this big clash with the, the world's governments, because they attacked the main force with Nathan Explosion and Pickles and, and Murderface. Mm-hmm. And the Death Clock fan um, hoodie guys show up as a huge army to stop them. And there's carnage. Like there's these close-ups of like guys' heads exploding. And you can see they're like their teeth getting shot out. Oh yeah. And another kind of tropey thing is when <laughs> like the top of half of a man's skull gets exploded off, and mm-hmm. it's just their like neck stump and their <laughs> and their tongue going ah. <laughs> yeah. That I, I've seen that before on South Park. 
Okay. The Britney Spears episode where she blows uh-huh. her head off but doesn't die and she's just a flappy tongue. And I I looked it up. That episode came out in 2008. This episode, 2006. Oh, so I'm not sure. South Park ripping off Metalocalypse. I think it's got to be an homage, right? Yeah, yeah, I maybe so. Anyway, um, the old man with the long hair, who I think might be Nathan Explosion's dad or Nathan Explosion of the future, comes and he there's this this like evil pope guy that he says, be blind, and the guy's eyes explode, and then his guts magically puke out of his mouth and wrap around his head and strangle him. Yeah. Then he enslaves the governor, the general. His mm-hmm. eyes turn green, and like he takes over his soul. And before he dies, the black pope says, I don't mean he's like an African-American man. He means he's evil? He's a dark and evil pope. Yeah, okay. He, he, he rasps out the metalocalypse as it began, and that's it. Yeah. End of episode two. Uh, episode three, Death Vengeance, takes on <laughs> another topical thing. Um, teenagers are downloading Death Clock's music. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there is a UN provision where Death Clock is able to hunt down and prosecute these people personally. And uh, it shows a teenager downloading music, and the Black Hoods bust into his house. <laughs> Taser his dick. like <laughs> Taser his mom and dad's dick. Taser his dick and then take him off to be tortured in the Mord house. Yeah, yeah. And I love how he's screaming at the time, <laughs> like stutters when he gets shocked. It's really funny. The other thing, the other trope is the band is with their engineer and they're talking about their new album and he's playing it and they're like, ah, we don't like it. It sounds too microchippy. It sounds too processed. Yeah. And he goes off like, you guys are all fucking deaf. You can't hear a goddamn thing because they're talking about how they, they've got these artistically tuned ears. But then they're also doing impersonations of each other. I understand mm-hmm. how much it sounds like, but it doesn't. Yeah. It's just them talking in like a a falsetto version or a normal voice. I can't remember what it is, but okay. they have they've been working on this research and they got this herd technology. It's uh what is it? Hyd- hydroelectric audio recreational device. They record music to water. Yeah. And there's this hilarious... Genius. There's this hilarious spiel where they've got these two, like, faux Germanic scientists, and they're trying to, like... (laughs) Explain how it works, right? Finish each other's sentences, and they've got this elaborate routine that they keep fucking up. And it takes Uh them, I'm not joking, like, five minutes to get through the acronym and explanation for this device. And... Yeah. You and I are big fans of this, like, comedy torture concept. Yeah, I think so. Where you take a concept that might be a little bit funny, and then you beat it into the ground, and you beat it down until it gets through to China, comes out the other end even funnier. Yes, yeah, you have to make me hate you before I can laugh at you again. And you don't know, listener, how many many times we've gone down that well on Bald Move, and we've just like, no, we can't do this. We're the only two people in the whole fucking world that would find this funny. (laughs) Sure, but this show manages to pull it off. It's many times, many times, more than once. Um, They do it here. They do it at the dinner later on. Uh, I I don't know. I really like it. Let me ask you this, because I wonder sometimes if we're just pussing out. Obviously, by the time they got done and animating and ADRing and and editing this and syncing it up, they seen this uh, this scene a thousand times. Oh yeah. Do you think? That they actually liked it by the time it was done. Like, they're like, this is hilarious. Or like, oh, God, this is this is the thing where people are going to hate us for. I sometimes wonder <laughs> if they actually think it's funny when they're done with it. Because it's, it is. It's, it's, 
comedy torture. So I think what you have to do with a case like that, at least in my experience, because I did something kind of like this with my Flying Skies videos mm -hmm. that are on YouTube, uh, you have to you have to come up with the concept. You have to commit to actually making it happen. Okay. You're going to hate it at that point. You're going to think, no one thinks this is funny. This is really dumb. You have to step away then. Step away for a good long while. Come back to it several hours later after you've kind of stopped thinking about it. See if you still think it's funny. And if it's funny then, it's funny. Okay. So you got to process. I've done that several times, yeah. All right. Introduce another couple characters. Apparently, there in one of these episodes, there's brothers that ran a Death Clock fan site, and they uh -huh. extorted the band that they wouldn't give them a positive review unless they, I don't know, did something for the website. And obviously, they got kidnapped and wound up in the cells of the death of, of the Mord House. Yeah. And and apparently the one of the brothers got killed because uh, when this teenager after he's been roughed up and he gets thrown in the dungeon, one of the brothers crawls forward and puts <laughs> like a, a Hannibal Lecter style Leatherface yeah. style mask of his brother made out of his brother's ruined face on the guy and starts calling him brother. Yeah, and then they break it's out of the up. cell through the sewer pipes. It's pretty gross. <laughs> yeah, he rides him like a he rides him like a something. dolphin, like a dolphin yeah. is what it is. Sure, like a dolphin. <laughs> uh, then the funny thing about this herd technology is it oh, is it records it onto the water and it sounds flawless. Uh huh. But every time they fire it up, they show like nuclear reactors smoking and mm. like trees are dying from the fumes. This thing and they have this <laughs> elaborate like imagine the Death Star main laser reaction. Sure. Yeah. And they record a song, and then they say, like, one week later, and the band is, like, drunk and high, and they're firing this thing up to record, like, Nathan records <laughs> fart noises he makes with his... Oh, my God. This was the moment that <laughs> I decided I'm going to watch the rest of this series, because it, it combines just this really ridiculous juvenile vomiting and uh -huh. fart humor with the concept of port... Uh, of comedy torture uh-huh because they, he records it and then they play it over and over again sure. they play it and they're like this is the greatest thing ever play it again and while he's playing that the other guy's recording himself vomiting they play that multiple times uh -huh. and they're all said oh yeah i want that for my private my personal water collection yeah and it goes on for a good couple minutes it's like costing billions of dollars and god knows what kind of told yeah. environment to record this bullshit <laughs> um and then at the end of the episode, so this is basically the end of the episode. This is where it ends. The one guy yeah. escapes by porpoising through the toxic dump that is the outlands of the Mord House. Mm -hmm. And it shows the band manager going berserk because these guys are drinking the tracks. Yeah. They're yeah. filling up their aquariums with the masters. <laughs> they're making ramen. Like over the credits, it's just yeah. random. They're making ramen noodles. Uh <laughs> of their tracks, these billion dollar tracks, and it's pretty it's pretty hilarious. Yeah. Episode four of the Revengeancers uh, opens up in a Duncan Hills, which is they've got a basically a Starbucks franchise. That yeah, that was bought. new to me. And uh, it's all like themed like uh, like a dark metal version of Starbucks, and they're selling souvenir skull mugs for fifteen bucks. It's also a parody of like metal fans. Because they're like swapping concert horror stories about like, the one time I got like frostbite and I lost my fingers and he holds up his stubs and they're like, oh, it's brutal. One yeah. time my sister said she, death clock sucks, so I made her drink motor oil and she got real sick. It was brutal. Everything's mm -hmm. brutal. In the midst of this, uh, Leatherface, man, 
one of the brothers, quote unquote brothers, sneaks in and puts a bomb and destroys the place. Yeah. After the credits, we see on the the corporate sponsor or corporate head of Duncan Hills is uh, talking about how this was like a random gas leak uh, accident and like all this stuff to keep from getting sued. And then they show like a um, a commercial where they're talking about uh, they're raising money for the Duncan Hills Gas Explosion Coincidence Fund, the benefit for the survivors, the people that got maimed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're having a business meeting in the backdrop and. Charles is trying to explain all these things he's, they're doing, and they're like, "Oh God, who cares about the fans? They got you know. It's like you know why why, why is it our fault that these guys got hurt at our restaurants?" And uh, Nathan Explosion's got a summer cold. He's like, "You want to talk about some brutals? Like I got the summer cold." <laughs> it's like, right, you, yeah. and, and Murderface is like, "Yeah, that's something you can relate to. You can't relate to arms getting blown off." <laughs> and they're just like completely fucking. And this leads. Sure. To them going to a doctor and wanting to be cured. And he's like, you got a fucking summer cold. Go hit the sauna. They hit their version of the oh sauna. Oh, my God. And, and then things get fucked up. One of the most gut-busting scenes, Murderface decides that they need to go to med- medieval medical remedies. <laughs> so they get buckets of leeches, and they're putting them all over their body. And yep. <laughs> Squizgard says, look, I'm Bleach Elvis. And he puts leeches in a pattern that resembles... <laughs> What do you call that? Mutton, mutton, mutton chops, chops, I think, yeah. Like facial hair? Uh-huh. Nathan Explosion says he's Pirates of the Caribbean dude. He's got two of them on his, like, <laughs> making a mustache and, like, a goatee out of him. Uh-huh. And then Murderface says, look, I'm Leech Al Jolson. Oh, my Jams God. his whole head in the bucket, comes out in Leech Blackface. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so wrong. But the thing is... Here, oh, okay. God. So, yes, there's two sides of my brain saying this is not acceptable form of comedy, but undeniably, because they went for broke. They did. They animated every fucking one of those leeches. Yeah, they're squirming on his face the, the man's entire time. The face is entirely blacked out except for his mouth and eyes, jet black because it's covered in leeches. Sure. And what's funny is I don't think that the guys would refer to it as blackface cause, because in their mind... Al, they really res- it turns out they really respect Al Jolson. <laughs> sure, yeah. In that weird way that sometimes far out rappers and like they're like you'll talk about their musical influences and they have like respect for other entertainers uh-huh. and they go on this like thing about like oh Al Jolson what an entertainer oh yeah mad respect. Uh, but still <laughs> the entire time and for the rest he- of the scene he's it's it's hard to watch he's just covered his face is covered in leeches. Yeah, then they do some bloodletting. Yep, um, and they're bleeding into a bucket until they all basically pass out and they wake up in a hospital. And they're drinking extraordinarily heavily as oh, well. Oh, yeah. yeah. The doctor told them not to do... Yeah, so you... they're thinning out their blood. <laughs> they're bleeding <laughs> their wrists. They've got leeches all over them. <laughs> so they wake up oh, in a hospital, uh, their own hospital that they built to take care of these people. And imagine, like, a hospital out of a Metallica video. <laughs> Like, these people haven't had bandages changed in days. They Their arms are blown off. They're missing parts of their skull. Yeah, this is like a war eyes. hospital. This it is looks not... like a war hospital. Yeah. And the band's going around like, hey, hey, uh, our show tonight. Th- thanks for buying our albums. Uh, our show's going to suck tonight because uh, I-, I don't feel good. Just just don't want you to get your hopes up. And that's, that's basically how they're interacting with the fans. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they play, and then when they get on stage at the concert, they do the exact same thing to the crowd. Yeah, they say, "Hey, just you know, this is going to suck. 
got mm-hmm. a summer cold, but they actually end up rocking it. Yeah, yeah. For at least one song. The well, they cut their set list down to one song. The, the one song, yeah, because they're before. all they're all feeling bad. Yeah. And uh, all these well, they mutilated think it's a people. summer cold, but it's really the fact that they slipped their arms open and had leeches and alcohol, and <laughs> that's not a summer cold. Well, yeah, they didn't make it better for sure. No. Um, and so they they start this music video in the hospital, and what was hilarious is they're contrasting band footage, footage of these people that have been horrifically maimed at their own coffee shop. <laughs> And images of their hospital bills <laughs> yeah, yeah. that are showing that they're being charged millions of dollars for this sub-rate black metal, med- black metal medical care. Yeah, yeah. And, like, that's part of the horror, I guess. I guess um, so. But the Revengeancers, which is basically the metal-faced man, the fat, nerdy brother fan, and the leather-faced fan, they invade the hospital, tried to kill them. The people in the hospital, the fans, are still Death Clock fans, and they turn against them. In fact, one guy that has, he's basically got, he's down to a skull, a torso, and legs. He bites uh, one of the dude's face half off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think he technically died, because we see him later on, but I'm going to give, like, kill of the hmm. episode to him. No, oh, okay. There's also a lot of uh, people's heads being blown off and flopping tongues. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else in that episode that we want to talk about before moving on to the next one. Not that I can come up with. Next episode five, the death death release. Uh, this episode's hook is auto fellatio. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. The band has figured out that the only reason anyone does anything is to get their dick sucked, and they mm. could just stop all this. Go, you know. Um, abdicate their black metal thrones and move into their parents if they could just figure out how to suck their own dicks. <laughs> yep. Um, there's also a p- recurring plot line that Toki has developed a drinking problem. Oh, yeah. But that they don't, but they, none, none of the band, they've got a code where they, they swore and they formed that they would not take any interest or intervene in a, in a band member's personal affairs. Yeah, very, very metal of them. Very metal of them. <laughs> uh, I also like Toki's take on evolution. He's like, that's why I don't believe in evolution. Your lips aren't long enough. Like, <laughs> if evolution was a true theory, you'd be able to suck, suck your own dick. I don't think that's true. I think I, it'd be the opposite. <laughs> Yeah. Evolution is working, dude. Yeah, yeah, It's forcing right. us to fuck other things in our mouths. Um, there's also a thing where Murderface has decided he's the fire marshal and he tries to conduct fire drills. Yep. Mildly funny. Didn't really pay off throughout the episode, so I'm going to kind of skip all that. Um, what's funny is they... Toki really injures himself, falls down the stairs because he's drunk in the middle of the day. Mm. And the band's all standing around them. They've What they've done is they've thrown him in the shower... And they turn the water on him, and they're all talking, and they're like, uh, uh, you know, they're 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 obviously concerned about him, but they've got this rule, so they decide to compromise is they can talk shit about Toki, because <laughs> okay. that won't help him. In fact, it probably is doing him harm. Uh, uh-huh. um, so they're all saying like, you know, the guy's like fucking drunk all the time, and he's fucking up and all this, and then, but they keep crossing the line, and saying, you know, it's like, oh, you're you're getting to, you're you know, you're 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 crossing the line into caring about him yeah yeah that's the joke really sure um they also decide that the dick sucking they have a real that, that it's just too gay for words and not metal so they all swear not to stop it 
Or no, they all swear to stop it. They all swear, yeah, they're done with it. <laughs> but then um, oh, it's time for them to put on a, I guess, a release, a concert release for a new album. Uh-huh. And the band manager goes into everyone in their bedrooms to get them. And they're all in this contorted <laughs> Kama Sutra position. Pants off. And their backs are locked up. They yeah. can't stand. They're all like, oh. Yeah. They're all pants off trying to suck their own dicks in, in, a, in an animated way. But definitely sure. pants off. Yeah, yeah. And Ass is in the air. Hilarious. And Charles is like, Christ, have a chiropractor report to the helicopter. <laughs> uh, and also the nerd, the, the nerd group and the metal man, they've made an alliance with this band of Elvira lookalikes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess like so. Like five female assassins that all look like, and they 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 want to join up just for the chance to get close to Nathan Explosion and also mm-hmm. kill him. I guess. Yep. It feels like that might be more significant, but I don't know the, um, the backstory. Somehow Charles gets tipped off that there is an invasion, and they activate the Mordhouse's elaborate, like laser shield defense system. Mm. Again, this thing's got technology like the Pentagon couldn't dream about. Yeah. Um. So this, the other thing is they've been, I guess they've announced that the that the concert's going to be at various places of the world, um, at various random locations. Like one of them's like the Gobi Desert. Okay, and I thought what had happened is they picked like forty thousand people and brought them out to the desert. Is that what it is? Like a special concert to show that they weren't not concerned about their fans in mm. Duncan Hills thing. Mm. I can't remember exactly. That might have been the previous episode. The upshot is you've got like 100,000 people billing around in this desert. Yeah. <laughs> and like six gaping holes open up and like kill. You can see hundreds of people <laughs> falling into their deaths uh-huh. as parts of the stage erupts. And a dome forms under like maybe 30% of the crowd. Uh-huh. And then rockets fire them into like the stratosphere. And this concert is going to take place in the air. Yeah. On this big sky stage. Um, and they basically, yeah, they, they play an awesome concert and then they have an industry party that they have to go to. Uh, I, the revengeancers attack in the middle of it. They like mm-hmm. lay waste to the entire Mord house. Um, there's an explosion and Nathan, Nathan explosion has to save Toki. And the whole time he's like, you know, Trying, he's got him over his shoulder, and he's saving him from his burning building. He's saying stuff like, you know, I'm only saying this because you're too drunk to remember me violating the code, but you're drinking too fucking much, man. you got to lay it off, and shows that he really cares. Yeah. Uh, Charles and the Metal Face Man have a speeder bike race. <laughs> That's right. Uh, the revengeancer, the head revengeancer rides up on his wheelchair to kill Pickles and Squizgard, but he can't quite do it and ends up getting, like, looks like beat to death by some of the Doom Patrol. Uh, and then Metal Face, they eventually wreck, and he just beats Charles to almost death. Like, mm-hmm. his face is just battered like you wouldn't believe. And then at the end, Nathan uh, hits him overhead with, like, a, I don't know, some kind of building support that's on fire and says, that's that's your my bread and butter you're fucking with. Of course. And the whole place is in flames. It's like the guys are defeated. Speaking of bread and butter, seventh largest economy now. Bread and they've, butter? They've gone up. They've gone oh really? From they they to said 7th. that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, their popularity is is skyrocketing. I'd I say mean, they gotta have like two billion fans, something like that. Yeah. Uh, one other thing, I, there wasn't really, there wasn't. It, it feels like that there wasn't um, any real death in this episode. 
Um, hmm. Charles got his ass beat. I want to say that the metal face man tortures a guy, uh, and he like swallows a cyanide pill. Yeah, yeah. But he by by torturing, I mean he like plucks his eyeball out. Um, mm-hmm. Again, really brutal metal stuff here. This is we've got two episodes left. Episode six is the death dinner, and this is yet another. Um, uh, it, it revolves around a couple things have happened. Like this, a whole season took place before this that we haven't seen. Yep. But the band seems like they've had some problems. Uh, there's a female producer that they're fighting over. There's a love triangle. Um, they open up the episode where they they save some doomed African mi- miners. They both save and doom them because uh, they're trapped underground. And they pipe their music and op- it literally cracks open the earth so they can escape, but mm. also drives the elephants that have chained up for it's not manual labor; it'd be elephantine labor. And they go they go into frenzy for the music and kill half of them too. So it's kind of a mixed bag. Yeah. Um, they introduce the character at least the first time, Doctor Rocco. Yeah, Doctor Roxo. Which that's like, um, who's a, the lead singer of Van Halen? Uh, David Lee Roth. Yeah, yeah. Imagine David Lee Roth, only with the clown makeup. And sure, that's and, and, much and a slightly deeper V on his jumpsuit. Slightly, <laughs> slightly. just slightly. And he talk. He talk. I, I can't do it, man. He talks in that kind of. Uh, uh, yeah, Doctor Roxo, baby. <laughs> ta, ta, ta. And he's got this stuttering <laughs> yeah. thing where you think it's like. <laughs> Yeah, but he's, he goes like, cut, cut, but it doesn't matter what he says next. At one point, he, yeah, yeah. He, they're in a bar, and he's partying with Toki, which he still hasn't got control of his life. And he, he accidentally hits a dude with a dart, and uh-huh. he goes, cut, 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 oh. I don't know. He shows up later. He's pissed his pants. Is this guy funny or not? I couldn't decide. Uh, As a, so I've seen him before in other okay. episodes, uh, and I did not think he was funny. Then I thought he was kind of funny now. All right. And it might just be the context I've seen him in that makes the difference. I don't know. Uh, they're, the band are fighting over credits for the new album. And we have another one of this where the this the evil council meets and they talk about how this could be the death of bands that, you know, the 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 band members are actually artistic and do most of the work uh, will be usurped by the half they call it the scrappy half-assed members, and they show a giant graphic of uh, murder face when they say this. Uh-huh. And he's squashing the other members between his hands. Uh-huh. And sure enough, he shows up to the negotiation in a suit, uh-huh. and he's try- he wants like writing credits for everything. And Nathan Explosion wants to credit his girlfriend. Uh, and it's like this is a big battle. And they want they want... Death Clock as a credit, but also the individual names of the Death Clock members as producers. Right. So it would say, like, Death Clock, produced by Nathan Abigail, Explosion. Nathan. Produced by Death Clock, produced by Nathan Explosion, produced by Murderface. Right. All of all of the above. The only thing they agree, in is, they agree on is that Toki shouldn't get shit. Because sure. he isn't showing up to anything. He isn't showing up to yeah. uh, this, this big industry party. Murderface, they refuse to give him credit that he wants as producer, and he says he's going to starve himself. Mm-hmm. They go to the industry party. It's a shit show. <laughs> this is another one of those torture comedy things where they're screaming down the table, and neither of them can hear each other, and it yeah. keeps cutting back and forth, and they're having a conversation just screaming what back and forth for a good solid minute and a half. Right. Yeah. This one didn't work as well for me. Not quite as well. I still thought it was funny by the end of it. I, I think that... So and they I- did it twice throughout the dinner. Yeah, and I'm wondering, so 
I get the impression that Abigail doesn't know that they actually have a love affair going on. But pickles, okay, that's and, possible. pickles and Nathan explode, or maybe there was, but she deeply regrets it because uh-huh. she basically blows off Nathan explosion the whole episode. Hmm. But him and pickles are deeply in love. At the end of the episode, he stands up at the dinner table and says, "This one announced that there's, there's there's an office ro- romance," <laughs> and pickles gets fucking pissed and says, "No, you can't take this. You take everything. You can't have this." She's like, "What the fuck is going on?" Mm-hmm. and Pickles quits the band. Yep. That's the long and the short of it. Sure. Uh, next episode, we only skip one single episode, but apparently it's an eventful one because this is episode seven, Church of the Black Clock. Uh, Roy, who I guess is the owner of the record label and the discoverer of Deathlock and I guess their father figure slash mentor, he was killed in the last episode by the big evil dude, Salamanca, or whatever. <laughs> uh-huh. By Uncle T. By Uncle T.O. Uncle T.O. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he wants Nathan to give his eulogy in his last will and testament. Oh, God. This is the funniest thing that I've ever se- that I've seen in, in all the episodes. And yeah. I was set to hate it. The- yeah, and it, it sets you up to hate it. Because it's like, this is happy days. Like, I've seen the Fonz do the, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh-huh. he can't say, Nathan can't say I'm sorry. And then murder faces like if he did, his organ, his his body would <laughs> shut down, his organs would rupture. Yes. Uh, also, there's like a rapid fire exposition where they're on a submarine and and Charles talks about how the Church of the Death Clock or the black clock and how it's put in place to shepherd mankind through the metalocalypse. And they're like, I guess the other side of yeah. the good evil from the evil council. And, and they need to write the last song they ever write will be their most important. It's, it's going to shepherd like, humanity through the dark, dark times. And that's, yeah. And, and so Toki having quit is a huge problem because they need the entire band to write this song. Right. Uh, that is supposed to save everyone. So the band did come together one last time to give this funeral to the man that they all love. Uh-huh. And, and that's where he apologizes. And you, you know what's happening, but they just go for broke. <laughs> they do. He vomits. It, it wasn't that funny when he vomited blood. Like it was for some reason he goes. He starts funny. going, "Oh boy!" <laughs> yeah, that's the part. <laughs> oh boy! And it gets I me just, every time. I know, and I was said because I watched it again right before we did this podcast. Uh-huh. Um, while I was waiting for you to get started, and I'm like, okay, because he started vomiting in blood, and I'm like, I thought uh-huh. it was funny. He's like, well, maybe I just won't. But and we start up that <laughs> oh boy, it cracked me the fuck up all over again. Yeah, uh, good stuff. Yeah, so he can fight. He they, the band loves each other. However, Toki at the end. Some dude named Magnus, which I guess might be a rival band that he threatened to join, ends up hmm. stabbing him in the back and absconding with them. And they're like, "We have, you know, we got to have all the members to make this uh, earth-saving record." They think he's still alive, so they got to find him now. That is the final. That's the last episode of the series. It yeah. ended in season four, um, which was last year, I believe. And then a year later, they made this movie. They made this extra long movie, which is like sixty minutes. So I think all told, we had like two hours of stuff to watch here. Mm-hmm. Uh. I think, do we have anything that we want to say? We talked about, in the last episode, there wasn't, oh my god, I almost missed it. Uh, there's this epic fight between Charles and the Metal-Faced Man, where at, at the end of this eulogy, the Revengeancers come and plant a bomb 
in the crystal black crystal coffin of this record label owner. Yep. Explodes. So this guy comes at him with two knives, the metal face man. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Charles picks up the half of the body of this record executive. Yeah, the upper torso, the torso and, and head. And I don't know the context, but the lower half where like it's torn out and it hang- is, is like blurred out. So I'm thinking, mm. was it established this guy had like a massive dong in one of the episodes? It's got to be because they show gore all the time. Yeah. That's not a problem. Yeah. It's got to be his dick flopping because he's, he's, he's blocking these shots and he's got to move this guy back yeah, and forth, back like and forth. he's a literal meat shield. Yeah, so I assume that the dong is hanging down, flopping back and forth the entire uh-huh. time. That's what Which would be to. hilarious if it weren't blurred, and I don't right. know why it's blurred. Well, probably because you can't show an animated dick on television. Why not? This wasn't television, though. It's basic They don't, they don't have masters where they unblur this shit? On Amazon? Well, I, I don't know. Maybe they thought that was the joke. Like I said, I wonder if there Maybe. was, they've laid up over four seasons the fact that this guy's got, they make references to And now they, they just won't show it. They did that as like fan service to blurt out just because that's even funnier. It'd even yeah, be yeah. funnier than showing his literal massive dick. Yeah, maybe so. Or maybe I don't it's know. Fact... We're not privy to that joke. Yeah, yeah. But it was still funny. Yeah. Uh, and I guess that's not, that's probably the kill of the episode, except for the guy was already dead. Mm. Yeah. Because they brutalize that corpse. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that's it. We are ready to watch the movie. Do we have any final... I mean, I, I feel like we talked about everything we liked and didn't like as the episodes went on. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm, I, I, I expected to go into this and not find it super funny and be kind of disappointed because that's kind of how I've always felt about a lot of Adult Swim stuff. I think it's, like I said before, too random too crazy for me but like squid billies i can't get into squid billies. yeah i can't do it and even a lot of the aqua teen stuff i couldn't get into aqua teen although um i I do love sea lab yeah i mean there's stuff like sea lab but that's not quite as crazy sure sure. right i mean that's Mm. (laughs) if they take a real cartoon and they just put crazy dialogue over it Mm, yeah so uh, not as bizarre um but i found myself really really enjoying this to the point where i really want to go back and watch the whole series i definitely see that in my future yeah Especially because I found that my girlfriend is a closet Metalocalypse fan. Oh, all right, perfect. And she was like saying, "Well, is he going to do this episode? Is he going to?" And like, I, I, hey, do you want to <laughs> fucking commission a podcast? <laughs> Otherwise, back off and let my man Joel do his work here. Yeah, uh, we got one more podcast for the movie, uh, which will be back momentarily. Uh, there is no feedback. There mm-hmm. is no email. You nope. can find us at uh, baldmove dot com. Facebook.com slash bulb. No one besides fans of us are going to listen to this. I'm not doing any pimp. I don't even know if Joel's going to listen to this. <laughs> I don't. He's going to get in five minutes and like uh, reverse charges. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. We'll see you for the next Metalocalypse. Uh, the Black, I think it's called the Black Clock Opera or, or Doom Doom Opera or Doom Oculus. Something like that. It's a lot of Doom and Black and Clock. We'll tell you what it's called at the and beginning of the next death, one. And some death mixed in there too. Some of that. All right, that's it. Thanks, everybody. Death of death of death of death of-